You see, I, I believe it's really important when we stop to think about how God reshapes us, revalues us, and gives us His value system. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. can gain everything, lose your own soul. And so this rich young ruler had his value system misplaced. Something else I think is interesting that we find this. Jesus looked at this rich young guy and said to him, you know the commandments. And it isn't interesting that Jesus recites to him the commandments And when it's all done, he says, one thing you lack. Why is that? Because the law will never save you. The law was never meant to justify a person. The law, the Old Testament commandments, were meant to show you how desperately we all need a Savior. It's not within man to live righteously. You look at your kids and you say, can't you just be good? And they'll look at you and go, no. No, And that's true. Why is that? Because it's not within man to live righteously. There's an old sin nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve. And friends, every one of us wrestle with it every day, this side of heaven, until we get a brand new body that isn't prone to sin. That's one of the great things and the promises that God gives us. That God's going to give us a brand new body as a child of his. You need that. Have you noticed your old body's getting old? I don't know how it works, but things that used to be up are sliding down. I don't know what it is. They have liposuction. They suck it in and they blow it out. But the thing is, we're all still getting old. Isn't it amazing? And we try everything we can do to not get old. They've got so many uh, uh, products out there to make you look young. See, that's what part of the thing was with the rich young ruler. He was young. All the things that would seem to have satisfied a person's soul, yet he realized something was missing when he came to Jesus and he asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? There was something still missing. And even though he had kept the law, so to speak, Jesus said, it ain't enough. Oh. You you look at, it's kind of funny because I run into people all the time that believe that the law is what saves you. They'll tell you that you've got to observe the dietary laws, no more pork and beans. You've got to observe Sabbath worship, which is on Saturday. All these different things. But these things do not save a person. What saves you and me 
is what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. He took our sins. The Bible says if we put our faith, hope, and trust in him, we then are clothed in his righteousness. We need to be wrapped in something, friends. The Bible says we're poor, blind, miserable, and naked. And if you don't really see yourself that way, get alone, go on a vacation, turn the radios off. Well, you can leave it on CSN if you want. But turn your radios off. Get alone with yourself. And what will you find? You'll find these very things. You know, Job said, if I could find myself, I couldn't save myself. When we realize what we really are, we realize that we, in fact, are poor, blind, miserable, and naked. Why is that? Because we have followed the lie of the world. We have adapted the world's philosophy on what will make a person happy. That's what happened to this rich young ruler. Yeah, yeah, all you you have to do is have money, have power, have prestige, all these things. You got it, baby. Well, he had all those things. And yet something was still wrong in his soul. You ever had that? You lay your head down on the pillow at night and, and you know, you just had a good meal and, you know, you don't have anything like, uh, you know, getting ready to cave in on you on the next day, like a, a car payment you can't make or something. And you're just laying there, but there's something that just kind of gnaws away at you. And so systematically you go through it and try, well, God, why am I Anced upright now. Why, why can't I sleep? Why? And, and you start going through these things and stepping through them and trying to figure out what is that uneasiness being generated by. Now, sometimes, friends, I believe it can be pepperoni pizza. But most of the time, I believe it's a prompting and an urging by the Holy Spirit that something is not settled within you. I believe, again, God, because he loves us, doesn't let us rest in our sin. I believe because God loves us, he takes and he moves us out of where we are comfortable and moves us into his love where he then can bless us. See, that's the danger. This guy, rich young ruler, he was comfortable. He had it all, man. Every guy probably that was around him said, boy, I wish I was like you. You got all the money, dude. You got all the prestige. You got all the youth, you know. Sometimes people get money sometimes when they've worked hard all their life and they're old, but then they can't enjoy it. Sometimes they'll have prestige, but the problem is many of their peers are dead and they don't care. Oh yeah, look, he climbed to the top. Yep, it's lonely at the top. All your friends are gone. This guy had it all. He had what everybody wants. And yet Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. I've heard stories about this place over in Israel where there was an archway and it, after many years it silted in and there was just this once a, a doorway, but then it silted in. And so the camel to go through it would have to get down on his knees and wiggle to go underneath this thing. And it was called the eye of a needle. I have never, ever verified that. And I believe it was made up. I think that what Jesus is talking about here is exactly what it is. People who are rich trust in their wealth. People that are not wealthy, they trust in God. You can be wealthy, you can be a millionaire and still be poor in spirit and recognize all good things come from God. Case in point, when we come to Christ, 
Many of us are, and usually, I got to tell you this, the goodness of God causes a man to repent. But the goodness of God can be perceived in many different ways. The goodness of God can be that, wow, I'm bankrupt. God comes to my rescue. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. I accept you as Savior. Sometimes it's where God has just blessed us. We look at all the stuff we have and we go, you know, this ain't by accident. Who do I thank? Well, I know a lot of people when they come to Christ, a lot of times it's when they have spent all their money trying to find the meaning and the purpose of life and they're bankrupt. And so they come to God and, and God begins to bless them. And I've shared this many times before, but you know, you're, you get out in your old clunky car because you've wasted all your money on drugs and booze and, and all that kind of stuff. And so you get in the car and, oh, thank you, Jesus. And we have a hallelujah breakdown right there in the parking lot. We get out, do our happy dance around the car because it started one more time. And we get going to where we're going. The washing machine that we have, <clears throat> you know, we put another load in, ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. Oh, God. And, and you got the whole family, kids, everybody laying hands on the washing machine. Oh, God, please just let it do one more load. Oh, chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Well, God begins to bless us. We find that our money is becoming under control of the Holy Spirit. We're no longer trying to buy happiness, all these things. And so then all of a sudden, we have enough money, we can go out and buy a new refrigerator, or new washing machine, new car. So we don't pray about our washing machine, our new car, or our refrigerator anymore. In fact, pretty soon we'd have enough money that I can replace everything in my life with something new. I don't pray about anything anymore. You see, because my money now has taken the place of asking God to do things for me because now I have another source of income. I have another source of my needs being met. This is what Jesus said. It's easier for a camel to go through, an, uh, a rich man to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why is that? I don't pray anymore. You see, you can actually use the blessings of God. As a Christian, this guy knew who God was, friends. This guy had a relationship in some way with God, but it was obscure. It was weird. And so anyway, Jesus said it's easier, again, for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Is it easy for a camel, for a camel to go through an eye of a needle? Not recently that I've checked. In fact, it's impossible. And they were astonished beyond measure. Verse 26. Sing among themselves, then who can be saved? Now this is a weird verse. Because in those days, most people didn't have a lot of stuff. Yet they themselves reckoned themselves to have enough wealth, enough things. They would say, then who can be saved? But looking at them, Jesus said, with men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we've left all to follow you. In other words, Peter saying, look, we bankrupted ourselves, Jesus, to follow you. And Jesus answered, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, 
and for the Gospels, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come. But many who are first will be last and many that are last will be first. Now, again, look at this. Um, you, you, you see something here that I think is pretty astounding. There's a cost in following Jesus. And you will maybe many times have to abandon your family. Your family will abandon you because you love God. Why can't you just be like all the other kids and go eat drugs? I've actually had one of the kids in our youth group years ago come and tell me that's what their parents told them, getting off into this Jesus thing. Why can't you just be like all the other kids? The problem is, see, is that when we look at this, we realize that what we lose in the world when we come to Christ, we gain in the family of God in this life. Yes, and in persecutions too. You're going to have and be persecuted in this life, Jesus said. But ain't that good to know that if you become a Christian, that though you may lose some of your family members, maybe most of your friends, maybe even your job, maybe those people that that once were so uh, important in your life, now you have a new group of people that you can be around. That's why I believe people have asked me sometimes on the radio, is it important that I as a Christian go to church? And I said, yeah, it is. The Bible, Paul says, don't forsake yourself uh, the assembly of the saints, if some, uh, some do. Well, here's why. Because this is where God rebuilds you and puts back into your life what the world has taken out. Never forget that God has the very best for you. And what the world can never satisfy and what the world can never bring to you, and this is exactly what the rich young ruler's problem was, now we find that you will gain back in the family of God what is lost. I want to encourage you this morning, first of all, if you're not a Christian, you need to be one. Why is that? You're chasing your tail. You're just going around in circles. Like a chicken with its head cut off, running around the farmer's courtyard. You're not getting anything done. Oh, you're busy, but you're not getting anything done. The second thing is, you need to be some, become part of something bigger than yourself. For not only does God have something for you individually to do, but he's got something for you collectively to do as well. There are things that we can do together we could never do independently. And so when we look at that, we realize a couple of things. Here he says that there will be a new family that you're going to get. I like that about God. In other words, none of us are orphans. You know, there's nothing that feels any worse than being all alone. You know, a lot of people, I think this is one of the reasons why there's so much mental illness in our country, is because I think when people finally do get alone with themselves, they realize they don't like themselves. This is why I believe people smoke dope. This is why I believe people drink, because they want to forget. They want to forget who they are. They don't like who they are. And if they don't like who they are, the only way I can get relief is to alter myself to the point where I won't remember who I am. Never thought it was said any better than a guy that I once knew who uh, came to the Lord. I used to go out on the cruise when I first moved up here from California. And 
I, uh, these people would come along and, and they'd see me in an orange van. They thought I was a drug dealer. I had long blonde hair. I know it takes a lot of imagination now, but uh, back when I had hair. And, and, and I had that. And they would come up to me and I remember that they would always think that I had something that, that would make them altered. And I said, well, I got something that's really good and I'd share with them about Jesus. And I remember this one guy who accepted the Lord. He said, you know, he said, I didn't realize how insane my lifestyle was until I asked my friend, did I have a good time last Friday night? You see, he was out of it. What's the old saying? I was dancing pretty good till somebody stepped on my hand. Well, that's the problem. People don't realize their true condition. Jesus came to set you free. Now, the second thing is, if you're a believer, this is where I think this is so important. Because this mentions two parts. One, that you will inherit a family. And you have to remember, you're part of the family for those who have lost everything. People say, well, do I need to go to church because I'm a Christian to be a Christian? Well, here's the thing. You are the family for those people who have lost their families because of the cause of Christ. You see, I I believe it's really important when we stop to think about how God reshapes us, revalues us, and gives us his value system. My prayer today is that you would have God's value system. First of all, you'd realize how important it is that your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. That's why he died on the cross. He died on the cross for you and me. That we would accept that fact The Bible says we move from death into life. You say, well, how can just believing something change your life? I think that's a good question. You mean to tell me if I make a prayer and I ask God into my life that my life will change? How is it that just a simple prayer can change your life? I got something to ask you. Day-to-day doldrum comes along. Get up in the morning, your cell phone rings. You answer it. Hi, this is attorney John Stevens. We need you to come down here because your late Uncle Fred has died and you're in his will and we want you to come down and we want to go over what he's left you. Okay, you close the phone and all of a sudden you're like walking on your tiptoes. All of a sudden... That which was normal and mundane, now all of a sudden, because you're aware of an inheritance you never knew of before, you never even knew Uncle Fred even liked you, but now because of one phone call, you believe. And so because of that call, it has changed your life because you know your life is going to change now. Why is that? Because an attorney called you and told you you were an heir to an inheritance. How is it that we can make a prayer and ask God to come into our life and it changes us the same way? When you realize that God has something for you, bigger than you are, that he wants to give to you forever. You see, God wants to change your value system. God wants you, and if we can get excited about an earthly inheritance, how much more would we be excited to get over and be enthused about our heavenly inheritance. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you're living in darkness, you believe what you see is what you get, you're living in the world system. I want to invite you to come to Christ today. 
We're going to pray in a second. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life and change you from the inside out. You know, many years the church always thought, well, if we could just stuff people in a three-piece suit, get girls in nice, long, formal gowns, ah, they'd be great. That's the religion, trying to change people from the outside in. Jesus Christ changes us from the inside out and moves us from glory to glory, the Bible says. So as we look at this this morning, if you don't want to live anymore the way you've lived, you realize that there is that something lacking, and no matter how much you have, you still realize that nagging, empty, doesn't go away. This is why he came running to Jesus and said, and by the way, it says he was running. This nagging thing must have really been bad in his life for him to run to Jesus, fall on his knees. Notice it says that. And ask him, running and knelt before him. Verse 17. If you've had enough, I just invite you to consider Jesus this morning. We're going to pray right now. And if you'd like to pray and ask the Lord in your life, God will do that. If you are a Christian, I want to just remind you Nothing in the world will ever satisfy your soul. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, the only thing that will satisfy your soul is Jesus. Because it's his value system. People are the only thing going from this life into the next one. Don't miss the reward. If you need to pray this morning, get right with God. We're going to pray right now. And you can let God do something brand new in your life. We're going to pray. You mean this? God will do as you ask. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. I believe the lies of the world. And from this day forward, I don't want to live that way anymore. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, His blood covered my sins. And so I can have a brand new start with him today. And so I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. Fill me and empower me with your Holy Spirit. That I'll be about your business from this day on. And thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. It begins with a prayer. God will show you your whole life is goodness. Start reading your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'll give you one. The book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 3. Just start reading. Let God speak to you every day. Be around Christians just as we read. Because again... The world, if you're a new Christian, they're going to reject a lot of what, when you tell them that you've decided to follow Jesus, because they're still blind. They still think what you see is what you get. And if you haven't lived long enough to realize that whatever it is the world offers, it ain't very good for very long, they're going to reject you. So you have a family. And if we and you are already a Christian, you're part of their family. Be that. The Bible says to be baptized and we'll have a baptism and talk to uh, Esther. She'll get you on the list and you can be baptized. And again, be in fellowship. Let God bless you and heal you and restore you. Let him put, let God put back into your life the things that the devil has destroyed and taken out of your life. The devil's a, a liar and he's been a liar from the beginning, Jesus said. 
He knows how to pose something to look good, but in reality, there's something wrong with it. But Jesus is the real thing. Let God bless you that way today. We're going to have a chance for prayer here at the end. And if you need prayer for anything, let's pray. Let's see what God will do. God's a good God. Father, for those that said yes to you today, may you touch their life. Whether it be in this room or across the world, Father, we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would minister to every person listening in Jesus' name. And may your Holy Spirit change us from the inside out. And God, that empty, nagging part goes away because it's been filled with you. And so, Lord, this morning, for every person, may we all grow closer to you. Those close encounters that come only from you were never the same when we see you. And so, Lord, this morning, bless and touch as we close in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.